0: What's up, football fans? This is Matt Miller alongside Connor Rogers coming to you live from our Bleach Report, New York studios. This is Stick to Football. And for those of you who haven't listened, this is show 26. And I promise you, we get better every week. So if you go back and listen to episode one, we had Mitch Trubisky on. Our audio sounds like shit.
1: Sitting in Matt's living room with Mitch Trubisky on. So now we're, we're in the studio now. So we've upgraded a little bit. No royal shirt for you today, like we had in episode one, <laughs> nah, unfortunately. I'm not a traitor anymore. We
0: did episode one right before we went and tailgated at a Royals game, uh, so a lot has changed. Speaking of those Royals, man, uh, this might be the end of that era, and as as a Royals fan, I, I'm sad to see what's going to happen. I don't feel bad for Kansas City, though, because the Chiefs are the best team in football right now. The Chiefs are the only, as we record right now, the only undefeated team in football, yes. and prob- yeah, I'm with you on the best team in football. N- no one saw that one coming. But we have a, a really fun show today, and because I am in the studio and not at home in Missouri, we're going to just like kind of kick back and just talk ball. This is um, When we started this podcast, we always said this is what would, it would be like if you were just sitting at the bar with us watching games. So no guests today. It's just me and you. And we're going to do a mock draft. We're going to do a top 10 mock draft toward the end of the show. Uh, we're going to bring our intern, Kennedy, on to answer all our fan questions in our segment we call Draft on Draft. We're going to tell you a college player to know. Uh, Connor and I were both at the Ohio State Rutgers game on Saturday night scouting. But let's start this off with the NFL and how it affects the NFL draft. There was a couple conversations we've had over the past few weeks, and I think it's time to
1: just hash this out. The Cleveland Browns are shit. The rebuild is a lie. Uh, The narrative all summer is that this would be a way better football team, and I understand Miles Garrett's been hurt, and that was supposed to be the biggest impact player. But it doesn't matter— how many picks you have if you can't draft. No, and I, I had
0: that one of my scouting notebook articles a couple weeks ago where uh, an NFL exec said that. He's like, it doesn't matter if you have 15 picks if you can't draft. And I, I do think it's a little early to say on some people. But by and large, we could say they have really messed up at the draft. And, you know, you could just, you're know, looking at the depth chart, you know, guys like Corey Coleman, he was a first-round pick. He hasn't done anything. He can't stay healthy. Yeah, which... Small receiver had some injury questions coming out. dude can't stay healthy. Deshaun Kaiser has thrown eight interceptions in four games, and he's been benched
1: twice. And he's taking a ton of sacks behind an offensive line that shouldn't be surrendering right. that. Many. And not only is Deshaun Kaiser
0: not playing well, they traded out of the opportunity to draft Deshaun Watson, who looks like the NFL
1: rookie of the year right now. Yes, and the guy that we kind of thought he would be. I mean, this
2: isn't like, this
1: isn't like Dak Prescott last year, where you are like, holy shit. He's exceeding expectations. This is a guy where you said, okay, he's going to go in, he's going to be a very adequate starter, yeah. and he's been above above average right now. And it, it sucks Miles Garrett can't stay healthy because I I I
0: see Miles Garrett as a truly generational talent. He's just having trouble staying healthy. That that is the I think the one pick that you can say okay they got it right, but it was the only pick you could have made. And the problem is they misplayed the rest of the draft. Because they did trade out of Watson and Jabril Peppers is not f- a fit for Greg Williams' defense at all. He wasn't a first round player. Not at all. He was a first round athlete, yes. but not a player. And you're seeing that David Njoku actually looks really good, the tight end he that does. they got uh, late first round. He looks like he's going to be a player. Uh, I like the upside there, but like you said, This rebuild, man, is a lie. And it's funny because I went back and looked at some tweets I'd favorited over the summer because I'm an asshole like that. And people were predicting the Browns to win six and seven games. They're 0-4. And I would say the hardest division of football or one of the hardest divisions of football. They don't... they're don't, They're not beating the Steelers. They're not beating the Ravens. They just got blown out by the Bengals. Who were one of the NFL's most disappointing teams early on. So it's... If you're a Browns fan, I swear to God we're not trying to pile on. We are – we're actually here for you because this is an NFL draft podcast, so this should be your favorite place because you guys need a ton of help. I, I think the problem is Sashi Brown cannot pick players. You can't look at a pro football focus list and draft players off of it. It doesn't work that way. Like, you can't draft guys based on – and I'm not trashing the money ball, you know, that whole thing. I don't think that's anything to do with it. I just think they don't know how to scout. And so they're drafting players who aren't good or they're mis- evaluating so they're drafting guys too early or they're getting too cute with the quarterback position and, oh, we'll just keep kicking the can down the road until a a good one comes along. But then you draft Kaiser in round two and come out and say he's the future and we're going to stand by him,
1: and now you've benched him twice. Doesn't it feel like they've put Hugh Jackson in a bad spot too? Unwinnable situation. Because we have heard from multiple people that Hugh wanted to go get his quarterback last year. Taking a quarterback with the 52nd overall pick is not getting your quarterback. No, he was in on Trubisky. You know, Hard. maybe even Wa- Ver Yeah, Trubisky was his guy. Maybe even Mahomes and Watson. There seems like there's a disconnect here with a GM that's setting him up to fail because he's not. He's not this bad of a coach. He's really not. And, and it's weird because I think if you put Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati, they would
0: be a different team right now. Because yep. what they lack is some offensive creativity. Like, that defense is fine. They're going to be okay. They're they're getting a little old. They need to retool, but. I think he would be just fine with some players. It, I mean, it's amazing what he was able to make Andy Dalton look like versus what he has looked like now. And so when I look at the Browns, man, you know, we're going to do that mock draft at the end of the show. They're picking number one again. Yeah. Like, how many years are they going to be allowed to just be awful? And people keep saying, "Oh well, next year. Oh well, next year. Oh well, next year." I, I don't know, man. If I'm if I'm Jimmy Haslam, the owner. I would clean house again. Yep, and go get some real like guys who've done this. Like, don't hire a cap guy. Don't hire a baseball guy. You're not you're not building like an Ivy League super team. They're not outsmarting anyone. They're not outsmarting
1: no. anyone, and the rest of the league is currently laughing at them right yes. now.
0: And it's too bad because I, when they made all these hires, I remember someone, uh, an exec, telling me it's too bad that the analytic experiment happens in Cleveland because it will never have a chance. We'll never know if it could have worked. Because these guys are going to mess it up. And three years later, here we are. So the Browns are on the clock, 0-4. They're one of four 0-4 teams right now. Uh, the Chargers are also 0-4. The Giants are 0-4. The which, Niners. God, I don't think anybody saw. it. And then my San Francisco 49ers.
1: But the Niners and the Giants are going to win games. They will. The Chargers have Phillip Rivers, so you feel like they're going to win some and a great pass rush, and a great running back. But when you look at the Browns, who can sit here and sell you why they're going to win games? They play the Jets next week, who I said over summer were a terrible football team. The Jets are 2-2 two and two right now. Yeah. And the Jets and are way better than the Browns. They're playing hungry.
0: Yes. Like, when you watch the Jets play, you still see areas where, like, okay, they're not good here. Yeah, of course. But they're hungry, and they're fiery, and they're winning games because of that,
1: like, that energy that they have. The first three picks, those players, Jamal Adams, Marcus May, or Darius Stewart, three SEC players— they have never been a part of a losing culture. That's true. They don't know. And they aren't going to the Jets and saying, oh, this is a losing culture. They don't know what that is. No. So they're sitting there and saying, okay, well, this is how we play ball. And you could see other players feeding off of that. It's amazing to watch that change. And you we've seen it you know, over the
0: years in football. The one, first one I remember was when Michael Vick went to the Falcons. Their defense was so bad. And then they just started playing lights out because they believed that, man, this guy gives us a chance to win. Every time. So when you get a player like that, I think that's what the Texans are going to become on offense. Like we know that defense is good, but I think they're going to believe so much in Deshaun that they're just like, you know what? Like we're rallying behind this kid because we really believe in his talent. Uh, Speaking of the Texans, I'm going to gloat for a second. I told this story uh, once before on here, so I won't go into all the details about it, but Dylan Cole, undrafted linebacker. uh, He had a pick six yesterday. Uh, He had a sack. He had like six tackles. This is an undrafted free agent from Missouri State, which is right in my backyard. I recommended him to a lot of NFL teams, and one listened. One listened, and it wasn't like Dylan's a hell of a player, and he had a great workout. He should have been drafted in the you know fifth round, probably. But now he's the starting middle linebacker for the Texans, and he's getting better every week. And I don't think he's giving that job up anytime soon. So they get another great player on defense. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to call this out just because I'm I'm super excited for him and proud of him and.
1: He, he's going to be a player, man, number 51. I think it's about time the Texans send you a nice bottle of bourbon, too. That'd be great. I mean, let's be real. If you, if you didn't listen to the episode, we'll have to go back and, and find out what number it was when you told the story. But Matt's story of, of pushing Dylan Cole to the Texans is... Is great, and this isn't like you know him sitting here going. It's just the truth that it's amazing the impact for an undrafted player that he's had on the defense. Yeah, and it wasn't just the Texans. I mean, I
2: you
0: know part of my job is to build friendships and relationships with scouts and executives, and they ask you all the time, like, man, who's somebody that we're not high on? And and I ask them the same thing. It's you know you kind of trade off information and. I kept telling everyone, man, there's this kid at Missouri State and you you have to watch him play because he's not only is he a workout room, like strength freak, but he's a, a very good player. And and one of yeah, one person listened and was and really you know jumped on the table for Dylan Coles at UDFA and they gave him. You know, I think they gave him, like, 25 grand to sign as a a UDFA, which is huge money. uh, Because they weren't alone in the bidding. Yeah, so good for him, man. Yeah, and and it's fun. You know, so much of this business is missing on players. So when you actually hit on a kid like that, you kind of hold on to it. And,
1: you know, you put that one on the resume, for sure. Well, speaking of building relationships, uh, me and Matt were on the road this week to go to Rutgers because Ohio State was in town. And there's so many layers to... Going to these games because you say, well, what are you going to get from watching Rutgers? Well, or getting, you know, getting to watch a talented team like Ohio State play a poor team like Rutgers. Well, it's about who you run into.
0: Yeah. Taking notes
1: and sizing up players and getting their listed stuff. So we'll jump ahead here to, you know, we'll revisit our around the league, but jump ahead to our college player no segment because we each picked a player from this game that we were at.
0: Yeah. And there were. I mean, you guys know Ohio State's loaded. I, I think I I still have like twenty or twenty-one players on my watch list for Ohio State. So most of who we were there to size up in person was Ohio State player. So I'm going to go with Denzel Ward, the corner number twelve, a junior who before this year was kind of that like third guy because of there's always been so much talent. You know, Marshawn Lattimore and Gary Conley were first round picks at corner last year, so he's not breaking into that lineup. But just seeing him in person, I have a different appreciation for. His physicality and his arm length, which is so huge for a corner, you know. So when you're watching on TV, you just don't get that feel because you're, you know, you're never standing 25 feet away from the kid where you can be like, "Damn, you know, he's my height, but look how he's built, and you know how how he moves and how physical he is in press, and the fact that he does play man coverage, you know, every snap and is banging at the line of scrimmage. So this corner class is an interesting one. You know, We're still waiting for somebody to truly emerge to the top corner. I wouldn't be surprised if Denzel Ward is that guy. And and I do fully expect him to come out. I know he was pretty much a one-year starter and he is a junior, but I think he's a one-and-done type kid.
1: Yeah, I think his process is going to be similar. I, I don't know if he's the same level of player, but I think his process will be similar to uh, what we saw with Vernon Hargreaves two years ago coming out of Florida because they're both you know kind of smaller guys, but they play bigger than their size. They move so well. They can come underneath. You know, and they fight. So that's going to be the thing with Ward is that, you know, you're going to see his list size. And guy, guy's a little thin. He's a little shorter, but he's got long arms. And it was fun to see him. A, a player that I was, the only player I had circled on Rutgers did not disappoint for me. And that's Kim- Kimoko Ture, the edge rusher on Rutgers. He's had such an interesting career because when he was an underclassman as a sophomore, uh, I believe a redshirt sophomore, he was impressive. He was living in the backfield. He gave you a reason to watch Rutgers explosive off the snap He's kind of disappeared for it seems like two seasons now, and you wonder what happened, whether it's not getting on the field or whether it's he's had multiple shoulder surgeries that's held him back. So got to see him in person on Saturday night, and he's exactly who I was hoping. You know, he's still explosive off the snap. He was giving the left tackle some fits. And listen, Rutgers is a bad football team, and when you're on a bad football team, when you're down by so much, teams just run the ball against you. And that's not where Ture shows up on film. He's not a run stopper. He's a situational pass rusher. So we, you, know, you really have to pay attention early in the games. But there's talent there. I think he's a draftable player. I think he could find his way on the field as a situational pass rusher on third and longs. I just like what I see as an athlete. I think he gets off the snap really well. I think he can convert speed to power. So... It was interesting because Rutgers doesn't have much, but to me, he's the guy to know coming out of there this year. After a very strange career, very yeah, it felt like two years ago as a red
0: shirt sophomore. He was in that like maybe a first round talk, yep. and then did disappear for about two years. So very, very interesting guy. Um, one of the benefits of being here with you is that you know I get into town on Friday, and we this this week it was like okay, we have a game to watch because we had USC Washington State. And we only got to watch about half of it because <laughs> that night just got away from us a little bit, as happens. Um, it was it was
1: interesting. Yeah, Some. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, we do not even get into we, it. Just a lady attacking Matt. Yeah, but. it happens. Uh, but we were
0: able to see Sam Darnold in probably the worst game I've seen him play, which needs context because they were down, I think, three offensive linemen Really, only had like one of his starting receivers out there. So, and Washington State is no slouch. Like, this isn't nope. the old school Washington State. Like, these boys play defense. And traveling to Washington State, that's a very hard stadium to play in. Uh, they have a great student body. They're a great fan base. So, all things considered, and and a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you're just making excuses for the kid. Like, I'm really not. I'm just giving you the reasons why his numbers didn't look great. But he once or twice a game, man, just makes throws where you're like, what are you doing, kid? And Last year, 2016, he made those throws and guys like Juju Smith-Schuster bailed him out. Yep. He makes those throws this year, no one's bailing him out. And like on the interception he threw, it was a, a deep out route. I thought the receiver ran a shitty route and you were like, man, I think it's a bad throw. And it's it's mm-hmm. honestly both of
1: those things. It At- was a bad route, a weak route, and a bad throw. He thinks he has the arm for certain things that he doesn't. And that doesn't mean he's not a bad player. Po- it doesn't say anything... It's just, there's certain limitations. Certain guys are always limited. There's just things guys can't do. That's such a great point, man. Like, j- yes, because no matter
0: what, the, who the player is, even Andrew Luck had, there were things where it was like, well, he doesn't have a great arm. Like, there are always things that you can say about a player. I might love this kid and he might be the top quarterback or the top player or whatever, but he has some some weaknesses. And that's Darnold. He just doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. And Maybe some of that's his funky release emotion, and you can fix that a little bit. We'll see if that could be ironed out. But he's still a great player, incredible poise. The fact that they were still in that game, I think says a lot about the intangibles that come with him. But, you know, I've been getting asked a lot, is Sam Darnold's draft stock crashing? And I don't think it is. I mean, there is a chance that he was overrated a little, but that doesn't mean he won't be the first pick or the first quarterback taken. It's just that, that he's not perfect. And I think a lot of people try to always bill whether it's Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold, they try to make that player out to be perfect instead of saying like, you know what, there are some there's some negatives here. But you hope that those can be coached out or schemed out or given a guy talent will fix that. So I I did think Darnold struggled and you know it'd be interesting to be able to get back and watch that entire game and to watch it on film, but You
1: know, it's not one of those like, oh, stock down on Sam Darnold. I don't, I don't think it's anything like that. No, definitely not. And people forget that Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold are in their third years at college. Darnold is a redshirt sophomore. Josh Rosen is a true junior. So these are young players. They're players that are still growing. Um, You know, when you look at them, they're they're going to get better over time. And people are going to to pick their stock as being on a roller coaster. But at the end of the day, I don't think the NFL sees it like that. I think these guys are top five. Picks next year, that doesn't mean they're top five talents right now. They still have a long ways to go. But they're top five picks, and I don't think that's changing at all. And I, I think to a lesser extent that's happened with Allen, too, is that the NFL still really likes his talent. And when you have talent like that at the quarterback position, you're going to go in the first round. It's as simple as that. And going back to that game, I did like what I saw on the defensive side of the ball for each team, specific, uh, specifically from the linebackers. When you look at a guy you talked about in length last week in Uchena Nwosu, 42 on USC, continues to make plays everywhere. A little bit more of an off ball player naturally than a pass rusher. But on the other side, this is a guy that, you know, our guy, Steven Nelson, talk, talked about weeks ago to me, Hercules Mataafa on Washington oh, State. that's the dude. You know, I don't want to say small, but he's listed as a DN. He really plays at like 6'2, 250. He's an edge rusher. I think he'll fit as a stand up kind of guy. I can yeah. put his hand in the dirt and get off the snap quickly. But when you look at the Pac 12, it, they don't always get the love for the defensive players, but this year they got a, they got a lot of linebacker talent. Oh my In gosh, that conference yeah. across the board, I and mean, it's, it's showing up.
0: Just the USC, there's like four guys. You know, exactly. between Porter Gustin and Cameron yeah. Smith and Hercules and and Owosu, like and and then you get to Washington with the team Victor, and they have a couple players. Yep. So Pac-12. It is funny how it's like you write them off. I like, oh, they don't play defense out there, but. I, I do think that's changing, and there's some very good defensive coaches
1: out there. So. Yeah, and Washington State showed that they were giving Darnold some fits. I mean, like we, you know, like yeah, you man. said, Hercules is, is their guy over there. He, you know, they kind of stayed away from him on purpose, obviously, but he's still he's a difference maker. Luke Falk's going to be probably a day two pick. He, you know, he's not the most naturally gifted player, but when you're a quarterback that's that smart, I think, and he'll we'll hear he will interview very well. You know, you're going to find your way probably in round three. We've seen over the years, so there's a lot of talent in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, there really is, and.
0: You know, the, maybe the most talented guy in the Pac-12 is Josh Rosen, and I think you know what I think about that. We went yeah. from Rutgers, Ohio State to watching that UCLA game. Yeah, we and, left and, early and to go watch is, it. Yeah, Colorado's defense is good. Uh, Isaiah all over the corner, that dude's for real. Uh, he he looks like an NFL player. That's exactly right. Just you know, length, height, speed, f- very fluid, and I, I was impressed by Rosen. And we we say this with. With Josh Allen, you know, no talent around him. Sam Darnold, huh, team's beat up. Josh Rosen is all that team has. Uh, and it's it's crazy that it's UCLA, but I, I think the supporting cast from these big three quarterbacks is probably the worst I've ever seen. Just because they, whether through injury or coaching or lack of talent around them. So I was impressed by Rosen. Just, man, when you watch him throw the ball, there are a few things prettier than that. That
1: stand out. This was this is a player that I will not move off of from being the top quarterback in this class. I said that coming out of the summer and everything he's shown this season to me, I stand by it. Now it's interesting. We talked about how bad his team is. His best player, tight end Caleb Wilson was just ruled out for the season with a foot injury. Jeez. So now you look at it and you have to evaluate everything by saying, you know, now he lost his best player, his best target. Rosen is at his best in the intermediate with the middle of the field. Touch throws He can rear back and sling it when he needs to. And Wilson has been that guy for him. Wilson's a guy that seems to go over 10 catches very often. So losing him is going to hurt. But when you look at Rosen's tape consistently from, you know, obviously got hurt last year, but what you saw freshman year, what you've seen this year, it's very impressive. Naturally, natural talent, he's the guy in this class to me. Whether it's just his, his arm talent, the way he manipulates the pocket, the way he sees the field. I know there's going to be off the field questions. We talk about this every week, but if you want to swing for the fences and go for the home run, I don't see how you don't take Josh Rosen with a top pick in this draft class if you need a quarterback. I'm completely with you. And like you said, when
0: you say off field questions, it's not like he's, you know, been arrested or no. he's just he's opinionated. And you do hear a lot that he's uncoachable.
1: So we'll see. Um, yeah, and
0: I'm I, not uncoachable. Like, just maybe he's smarter than.
1: Yeah, Jim I don't. Mora. I don't buy that. Uh, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I just I, think I blame him. I just think it's yeah. If I was there too with Mora, I mean, I don't know. I just think that it's played out a little bit. Maybe I'm believing in him too much. But I'll I'll die on that hill if so be it. I like it. Yeah, you gotta get put yourself out there a yeah. little bit. He's like, the guy. You know what? He's the guy. Now, what I will say is. There is one player in this class, and you made this point to me this weekend, that is probably the best football player over all of the quarterbacks. And now he plays running back, so he probably won't be the (laughs) first pick. But Saquon Barkley does something new every single week, and you wanted to talk about how he might break the grading scale. He really might, and this is not great radio, I admit,
0: but the grading scale that I use... Uh, and a lot of teams use is it's basically a nine point scale and a 9.0 is like a number one pick a guy who has the potential to be an all-time you know all-time pick and what did luck throw. get from you luck got a 9.0 how many players have gotten that Andrew Luck what Von Miller was number two what Von Miller get? got uh, I, I think I gave Von Miller an 8.0 which was like Really, really close to being perfect because it's usually 9.0 is like that unattainable. It's like Santa girls a ten and there's really not any tens. You know, like they're all like nine yeah. fives or. Um, so I, I, man, when I look at Saquon, he might be a 9.0. He really might. Um, I, I I was wrong. I looked back. I gave Miles Garrett and Von Miller eight fives. So that tells you how much I liked those guys. Leonard Fournette was a seven nine five, which is really really good. Ruben Foster was a seven seven five. So these are some of the. The top-ranked players I've ever had, and they're up there. You know, Pat Peterson was a seven seven five. So a lot of really, really talented players. I think Saquon might be a nine zero because of who he is as a football player is exceptional. You know, as a runner, receiver, he's strong, he's smart, he has balance, he has burst. But then just who he is as a person. Like, the character grades that you hear on him are out of this world. Like, the kid, you know, one of the biggest things is does he love football? Absolutely. Does he have a good work ethic? Absolutely, you know he checks all those boxes. So if you go in with a checklist, he's gonna hit all of those because he's athletic, he's smart, he's driven. Like those, it makes a pretty rare thing. And one of the the quotes that a a good friend of mine always says is that the great players we don't have to argue about; we just know we know they're great. And Saquon's he's great because and the difference is with Fournette we had questions about injury, with Zeke we had questions off the field, with Ty Gurley we had questions about injury there are no questions with Saquon.
1: That's what separates him from the That's pack. what
0: makes him different. That's why when I say he's the he's better than those three running backs, it's because I have zero questions. And with those guys, you didn't really have questions on the field. You just had questions about, you know, the things surrounding it, whether it was injury or, you know, character grade. With Saquon, that's not there. So man, he is I don't think a running back could ever be the top pick again unless a team like the Colts had the first pick, you know, and they they're set at quarterback obviously or the Giants, someone like that. It's very hard to take a running back that early, but
1: he he's deserving of it for sure. I can't argue against it. I mean, you watch him do something different every week, and this week, was it his best game as a pure running back? No. He had about 26 carries for 52 yards, but took the opening kickoff to the house, and that he, changes the entire game.
0: It really did. Um, before we take a—let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and get to more of these notes from the weekend. We will get to our mock draft, and we will get to our draft on draft segment real soon. Uh, What about Josh Allen? One thing I wanted to throw out there, and I actually had someone text me this a couple weeks ago, and this is not an original thought. I've seen a couple other people say it. Josh Allen needs to go to the Senior Bowl. He graduates in December, and if our biggest Josh Allen complaint is that we haven't seen him with NFL talent, go play with NFL talent. There's a
1: chance. And if you listen to last week's show, to the Matt Forte interview, Matt was in a similar situation 10 years ago coming out of Tulane. He said, I had to go. He said there's so many boards and everything is, you know, your stock is perception. You know, it's yeah. And Forte knew that he had to go to the senior bowl because he was from Tulane. And everyone said this guy put up big numbers because he's from Tulane. He went to the senior bowl. Not only did he test well, obviously, the combine, but he went to the senior bowl and was the MVP of the senior bowl. And he went in the second round coming out of Tulane. Allen needs to go do the same thing. Yeah. And
0: I, you know, listen, I've argued that Deshaun Watson should have gone. AJ McCarron should have gone. Josh Allen, uh, and we've had him on the pod. I would tell him this if he were sent beside us. He needs that. He really does just to show because his traits are out of this world good and they're going to show up there. So let's take a quick break. We will be right back to do more around the league notes, then the mock draft, and then we're going to get to our final segment, Draft on Draft.
1: Welcome back to episode 26 of Stick to Football. We are about to get to our mocking of the top 10 picks. Matt made the order, so send all your complaints to him. Yeah, the NFL and, made the order. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, But we do want to get to a couple more notes. Obviously, we had a lot to talk about coming off this weekend in college football, coming off the weekend in the NFL. Uh, you know, one thing that keeps jumping out to us is that this wide receiver class, while it has a lot of names and, and you know, maybe a lot of OK number twos, this is not a star-packed no wide receiver class, and it's weird because it feels like they're all clustered together still.
0: And and I do I I think I have four guys maybe ranked as potential first rounders: Calvin Ridley at Alabama, Deion Cain at Clemson, Cortland Sutton at SMU, and Christian Kirk at Texas A&M. And then you kind of get to the guys like Simi Cobbs Jr. at Indiana. You know I, I liked Debo Samuel before he got hurt at James Washington Oklahoma State, Dante Pettis at. at at Washington, who's also a great punt returner, but so far no one has emerged. And I, I think Calvin Ridley at Alabama is an interesting guy because he's he's not done a lot of favors by the system there or by the quarterback play. He's also an older guy. You know, I think he'll be a 24 year old rookie. I, I question his deep speed a little bit, but if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one right now, I guess I would take Ridley or Sutton. Sutton just because he's so physical. I mean, he's so big. And he hasn't played anyone, so you're not getting a great evaluation of, you know, his matchups. But just on traits, you know, size. I don't think his speed's great, but he does have very good jump ball ability to separate. Like he would, he would be someone I would be interested in watching.
1: Yeah, I really like him just because you know something we've said is that I think he can be that Alshon Jeffrey kind of player. Yep. dominates the red zone. Um, you know, I do like Cedric Wilson out of Boise State, but once again, this goes back to the argument of you know, where are the number ones in this class? The guys that could take over the game. And yeah. it, you just haven't seen it yet. Really haven't. And, and you don't see it even with the tight end class, which is, you
0: know, last year the tight end class was great. And I mean, OJ yeah had his big play finally yesterday, finally. wide Were, open. I yeah. think I was just shitting on him of being like, man, is, that, is, is he, he going to do, do anything? anything? Yeah,
1: Cameron Brate's a good yes, player, though, so it's hard it really to get is. him on the field that much as a rookie right away. And the New York Giants linebackers are awful. The New York Giants are awful. That, that is very true. So, that is very true.
0: I'm going to be interested when we get to the mock draft if you have the Giants going quarterback because they're they're 0-4. They're going to be up there in the the quarterback talk and Eli Manning has looked bad. It's I know, over. I know the offensive line's bad. But Eli Manning has looked bad. Yeah. Here's the question that I don't want you to spoil your pick. I think the Giants need to fire Jerry Reese and I think they need to fire Ben McAdoo
1: and just start over. They should have kept Tom Coughlin and promoted him to director of football operations. Would you rather have Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone right now or Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese? Oh, it's not even close. And I don't even love uh, um, Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin, but what are you getting from Jerry Re- He hit on free agents, and that gave them a really good season last year. But at yeah. some point, you really have to... Nail the draft and no one to move on from the quarterback. I feel like you
0: have such an advantage when you're a, a New York team, and we'll probably see this with LA teams, where free agency like New York recruits the free agents. Like Janoris Jenkins can come here and become a star, and yeah. he has Olivier Vernon could come here and become a star. So it's so much easier to like re- to get guys. It's not like you're the you know the Chiefs or the Texans or Titans, you know, trying to like recruit guys where it's more of a level playing field. I think New York gives you. advantage. We haven't seen it with the Jets yet because they haven't been super
1: competitive. I think we will. I will say the first offseason for McKagan, he dominated free agency. Yeah, yeah, he's got Rivas. But, you know, obviously they've they've sat back a little bit and I think you'll see it again this year. At least they've shown they have the relationship with the agents to bring in the guys they want. Yeah. But, man, the Giants, it's weird because I I know we talked over summer, like,
0: man, it's the regressions there. We're going to see the decline and now we really are seeing that decline from the Giants. So, what do you say, man? Let's just hop into Let's this. Let's get into Let's the mock, in this draft. mock draft. Okay, so I did the order this morning, and here's how I did it. So you can't you can't get mad at me. I don't want I don't want to see your fucking
1: tweet snail mail Matt. All I your complaints. Yeah. Yes. One six three three Broadway <laughs> right. is the Bleacher Report New York City office. Snail mail Matt. Yeah. All of your complaints. I'm here notes. like every other week, so yeah,
0: the mail room can just fill up. We'll all tweet them out from the account. So here's how I did it. I went to NFL.com Com standings, and I sorted by losses. So teams with the most losses right now have the first pick. Great concept. That's I uneasy. like it.
1: Keeping it simple. So the Browns, after Shockingly. we piled on you in the beginning of the show, I'm so, I feel bad for the fans oh, because yeah. they've been loyal for a long time, and it's not. But we're not piling on to be assholes. We're piling on because something has to give. So and now they they they're on, on the,
0: the Indians, so whatever. Yeah, That's fine.
1: Yeah, the, yeah. Go Tribe, right? Now. I'm yeah. go Tribe right now when the bets are out. That's yeah, what I becomes. don't know
0: I'm, I, I think I'm going to be an Astros fan for the next month. That's fine, Just anyone but the Yankees. Yeah. Yes. oh yeah <laughs> so,
1: all day. So the Browns are on the clock, and mr M- Mr. Miller is up first. So. Oh, God. So I went with Josh Rosen. I love it quarterback
0: UCLA. he's your guy. I really like him as well. It's funny because we'll say things like that like, "Oh, he's your guy,
1: yeah, and we all like him. and ironically, I didn't take him here. I would have loved to. I just don't believe that they will, although. They might well, we'll have see. to, so they, they don't might get fired. fired.
0: But I I'm going quarterback because Deshaun Kaiser has not been good. And even if you believe in his future, if you are one and fifteen or two and fourteen, that quarterback doesn't get another shot usually. I mean, it's like when Jimmy Clausen was the second round pick of the Panthers, sucked. They drafted Cam Newton, see a kid out of town. So there's precedent here for that. So and I, I think Rosen, you know, we've we've said before, he's picture perfect. He does everything. Exceptionally well from the quarterback position. He's a little skinny. We'd Like to see him bulk up. I know you always say that's that's the easiest thing is for a quarterback to gain some weight in yeah. the NFL. As they come, get older. hang out with me for a couple of weeks. Come hang out with me. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we live in the Midwest. It's all fried food and beer. You'll be fine. Uh, so I went. Yeah, I like Rosen. I really do like the fit. I went with him over Sam Darnold based on I, I like his arm better. And I, I think when you're Cleveland, you know we've seen them. I don't want to say it's overthinking it because there is something to it. You know, if you're a cold weather outdoor team, you need a quarterback with a big arm. Rosen's arm is better than Darnold's.
1: So I went Sam Darnold here. Um, Rosen is still my top quarterback, but I I still am banking on Darnold as if I had to make a bet that he will be the number one pick in this draft. I think he he fits Hugh really well. I think the Browns will buy into his character, and you know they I they definitely bought into Trubisky's. Last year, they didn't get him, didn't fall the right way. I think they go Darnold here. I think they get their guy. I think Darnold, obviously, is an all-weather kind of guy. He's mobile. Listen, he's not the best arm in the world, but he's he's tough. Yeah, he's tough. Did Andy Dalton have the best arm when he was playing great ball under Hugh? No. No. I'm going to keep it simple here. I I think it's Darnold. This is where it starts to get interesting as we move to number 2, your 49ers, who are not your classic own 4 team. They're no. a better ball team than own 4
0: So we we went different directions here and let's preface it. I went with the understanding that free agency isn't a factor. Okay. So no Kirk Cousins. I did not. That's fine. That's cool. That's so how it makes should it do different. It. Yeah. So I went Sam Darnold, who I think would be a great fit for Kyle Shanahan. Move the pocket, underneath routes, everything's based on timing. He is a good enough athlete that you could do some run, pass, option type things. So I, I just went on like fit. I, I think he would be an exceptional fit. Now, they signed Kirk Cousins, and everyone I talked to says that this is going to happen. Like they, Everyone. Then I would go differently. So where did you go? Saquon Barkley. That's where Because I would go <laughs> Kirk Cousins
1: is going to the San Francisco 49ers, and Saquon Barkley is the best football player in this draft, and the 49ers need a running back. Carlos Hyde is not a bad player, but he struggles to stay healthy. I was trying to get them to draft four-night last year. And they get maybe a better running back? In yes. Saquon Barkley. About um it. man, you want to talk about an offense? You give Kyle Shanahan, Saquon Barkley, Kirk Cousins, you go sign a receiver, start building up the offensive line. We're starting to talk a little bit here. Yeah, I'm getting excited. The McVay Shanahan. I'm, Bowl, about it, I'm we'll, glad we're not on Facebook Live right now. We'll be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt's Matt's Gr- uh, you know ear-to-ear grin yeah. right now, thinking it. about
0: it. That's why I've been saying for like a week is, God, I would love Saquon Barkley with the Niners. But then, you, I mean, the, the question mark is quarterback. I, I would love it. Absolutely love it. Because, yo, know, we just gushed about this kid being a 9-0 type player. So, what a great fit. And, and they could do it. They're going to have the money. The relationships there with Kirk and Kyle, it makes sense, man. That's like a dream come true. If you're a 49ers fan and
1: you're a little depressed, like, oh, and four, we keep losing these close games. This is how you fix it. They were given six-year deals for a reason. Yeah, Shanahan and Lynch are there for the long haul. They're going to be given the chance to shine. I believe in their plan. I think they'll be just fine. I'm with you. Now, a team that I don't Don't believe believe in at all is next on the clock in the Chargers. But, I mean, let's be real here. The Phillip Rivers era has to end eventually. What is up with him lately, man? I know he's always fiery. He's fucking losing it. He hates Los Angeles. I think he I think yeah. he's sick of everything in general. It would be really good for and listen, I'm always been, I've always been the guy that says Rivers is the most underrated quarterback of, you know, this last decade or so. I think he's been incredible, but it's starting to it you got to find the guy after him. So I went Josh Rosen here. Off of talent, you can't pass on Josh, Josh Rosen right. here. And
0: a, a kid who's like the LA connection is so smart there. Yeah. Now, if, if, you're Rivers, in a, if you're in a goddamn soccer stadium and can't sell it out, what do you do? You go to UCLA, get a great quarterback, a guy who is going to put asses in the seat. This turns around the
1: Los Angeles Look Chargers. You're using that business degree. There we go. Once in a while, I get it. Like you're the marketing background. Now, and he's a good player. I'm scared that Rivers might kill him if he stays on Man. the team because I, you can talk about two more different personalities. And that Rivers is legitimately going crazy.
0: Yeah, did you see him like screaming into his helmet yesterday? He's and, like, losing his mind. But damn, those those car rides from from San Diego to Los Angeles are not good. For I know him, he really. needs
1: to put on like some rain some sound effects. In the back. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: So you went quarterback as well? I did. So I have quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I went Josh Allen because if you are going to go from Philip Rivers to someone else, you need a, a guy who I think can have some of those traits. Now they wear the same numbers. There might be a little bit of a fight over who gets to our 17. But Josh Allen's athleticism and arm strength. And the best thing for Josh would be going somewhere where he doesn't have to play right away. You go to the Chargers, he might be able to sit for a year like Pat Mahomes is doing in Kansas City. That's the best thing in the world for him, to to get caught up to the speed of the NFL and work on mechanics, work on, I don't even know, mechanics might be the wrong word, work on taking care of the ball. Just see it. Like, be able to sit back and see how someone else does it instead of, going Juco starter, starter at Wyoming, and then, you know, being a starter for a bad team, I, I think that would crush him. Being able to sit and learn from someone like Rivers would be absolutely great for him. So, yeah, I did go Josh Allen. And for me, that means the top three quarterbacks are off the board now.
1: Gone. And they will be for me now. And a, a team, team now. That
0: needs them because the New York Giants are on the clock. New York Giants
1: are on the clock. So I did the same exact thought strategy with the Giants that you did for the Chargers. You took Josh Allen with the Chargers pick, sit behind Rivers. I took Josh Allen with the Giants pick, sit behind Eli Manning for one more year. I think, you know, it's This Giants are so interesting because we don't know what their staff's going to look like, what their front office is going to look like. No joke. But it it wouldn't shock me to see them take a player like Josh Allen where the thought process is, let's get a talented guy that could sit here for a year. Let's get our guy for the future. Let's not move on from Eli just yet. They're very loyal to Eli, and it would be a little bit of a surprise, I guess, if they really did just move on completely after this year. Although I think they should. But... If you get a guy like Allen, you need a starter in place, and he's not going to be a week one starter. So I I went Allen here just thinking, hey, get a talented gunslinger that hopefully you can mold into your guy. I like it. No complaints there. I went Saquon Barkley with the idea that they
0: will be stubborn as hell and say, let's just build around Eli. Let's just load up. Let's load up. Like they've tried to do at the receiver position. I don't know if Jerry Reese is smart enough to make this pick, so I'll make it for him. Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Changes that offense. And I actually like... I like their running backs. I like Wayne Gallman. I like Paul Perkins. They're not Saquon Barkley. He is a game changer for your offense. And it's the same thing we said all last year with Bortles. We kept saying, give him Fournette. Because the best way to make a bad offense good is to put a running back in it that you can build around. So, Giants defense is strong, right? Offensive line sucks. Stinks. But the offensive line is athletic enough to run block. So, just go to a run power run game. It's going to change everything. And if you have safeties worrying about Saquon Barkley, they can't worry about Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard. It it changes everything you can do offensively. So that is, again, we've kind of talked about like some dream situations. This is a dream situation for the Giants.
1: So now we got the Bengals on the clock at 5. I don't even know what to think of this team. Well, we both thought the same thing because we both took the same position, just different players. (laughs) So I went offensive tackle and took Mike McGlinchey here. Uh, McGlinchy has finally shown some vulnerability this year, but he's still been rock solid for so damn long. And the Bengals have to get away from this. Let's take the most raw athletic offensive lineman in the first round and hope it pans out into a superstar because yeah. it's not working. So I went McGlinchey because is he the is he a freak athlete? No, but is he he feels like the Taylor Decker of this class to me. Oh, I like that, and I want it, I want some reliability back there, and I think he's a starter right away for a team that really needs to figure it out in the trenches. Yeah, I went Connor Williams, which is kind of
0: you know like what you said—they keep drafting athletes and Jake Fisher and Cedric he and trying to make them, they're trying to mold them. And we did see that was a trend in the NFL for a while. I think that trend goes away and teams go to more plug and play ready guys. I think Connor Williams is a great athlete at Texas. And he's also plug-and-play ready. He's hurt right now, you know, had an MCL strain. He's out, maybe comes back this year. I think, I think it's yet to be determined if he's going to be back. But you know, as far as traits plus athleticism, he has it. So he would be, I think it's a great value for him at five as long as everything checks out medically. And then the Bears at
1: six, we kind of did the same thing here. I think you cheated off me as well. Yeah, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Once in a while, I might have to. We both went safety. I took Minka Fitzpatrick. And I love him, man. There's a lot to like. Yeah. You, you were saying you've heard great things about his character. You know, that not yeah, necessarily like, on the same scale as Jamal Adams, but the same style like of character. Same, maybe like same type of dude yeah. and who just loves ball. Alpha and, leader on the back end. I yep. think the Bears need that desperately. They've gotten surprisingly good play out and of they, yeah, they Eddie Jackson. Too. But they need a guy like Minka that sets the tone for that defense. Mitch is the future there, so you don't have to worry about quarterback. They have a nice tandem running backs. Yeah. They need some help in the secondary right now. I think their offensive line is better than people get it credit for. I said to Matt before we started doing this show, I would have loved to give them a premier receiver here. There's not one worth the no, sixth pick. You can't
0: reach. You not, can't. not with this rebound. I,
1: I don't want to do Kevin White all over again. Hell no.
0: No. So I went Derwin James. Uh, so yeah, we both went safety. More attitude too. Yeah, mine's a little feistier. Uh, you know, he had that great, I think it was a kick return for a touchdown on Saturday. Like he's just, he's in a different category of athlete. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really seen anyone like him in terms of how big and fast and fluid he is. Because normally, yeah, big safeties are a little tight hipped. He's not. I mean, he's just he's something different. So putting him in the back of that Bears defense, like you said, Eddie Jackson has looked good. The pass rush, I think, will come along. I, I, you know, they have some guys up there. Akeem Hicks is very, very good. Leonard Floyd, I still think, could be developed into something. Eddie Goldman could still uh, is good and continue to get better. Give me Derwin James. And then, the, you know, the second round, try to get a receiver. Uh, and then the third round, try to get a corner. This team looks completely different if you hit on those picks. And now, moving on to the Dolphins at 7, you kind of had the same thought process. Yeah, same thought process. I want Minka Fitzpatrick. He could play free safety. Could play nickel. He could play outside corner. They need that. I, I love risha Jones. It's going to be interesting to see what his future is with the team there. I, I think at corner, they have some young guys that I do like you know, that could be developed into pretty good starters. So give them someone like Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end. You know, the quarterback situation there is incredibly fluid. We're going to see what happens with Tannehill, with Cutler, with whatever. I, I do think that, that building on defense first makes
1: more sense as far as where we are right now. So I went with the shocker of this draft at 7 yeah, for the I Dolphins. Was like, what? I do not think this is going to happen. But I took Lamar Jackson at 7 for the Dolphins with one caveat. If the Dolphins truly are this bad... Adam Gase is going to be coaching for his job next year. And when people are coaching for their jobs, they Man. reach on quarterbacks. And you know what? It's uh, how they got Tannehill. <laughs> it's how they got Tannehill. And I don't think he's going to be coming back there next year. Just a gut feeling. And you're not starting Jay Cutler again. And you missed the first three quarterbacks in this class right here. So I-, I went Lamar Jackson at 7 for Miami. Do I think this is going to happen... No, is it fun and something worth discussing? Yes, definitely. You're he would be an outlier at the position with how he plays, but there's so much freakish talent with him that I do truly, I firmly believe somebody is going to roll the dice on him earlier than people expect. But it, and he's a quarterback. Make no mistake about that. I I just want to get that out of the way. But I just don't think it'll be this early in the draft.
0: Yeah, I'm so torn on him. I have a late round two grade on him right now. He is a quarterback. I know everyone, that's a huge debate for some reason right now. Well, that's because of the NFL. You relay
1: info from the NFL and people get very offended. They shoot the messenger. Yeah, that's every day for me. Matt talks to people all the time. (laughs) And listen, if he relays it, you don't get mad at him. Yeah, no, you were there Saturday night.
0: You saw saw how the, the process works of getting information. So with Lamar Jackson... I would not pick him this early, but I agree with you. We've seen things like this happen where teams get back into a corner, they overdraft a little bit, and at least with that situation, you have a good offensive line, good receivers, good running back, and can a coach, coach an that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be, it would absolutely be fun. Uh, let's go to pick number eight: the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting team because we haven't seen Andrew Luck yet. Uh, a lot of people have said we might actually see him next week. He might be back. I went Harold Landry. Knowing what I know about Chris Ballard, the GM there, knowing what I know about Ed Dodds, the uh, I think he's the executive, co VP with Co-VP, uh, Hogan, former Hogan. Jets college guy, yeah, I would think offensive line or edge here, just because of the way they build teams. So I went Harold Landry, the edge from Boston College. They need a pass rusher. He reminds me so much of like Cameron Wake, or young Cameron Wake, just that shoulder dip and how quick his hips are turning the corner. So I really like Harold Landry. Think
1: he would be a. Uh, Plug-and-play 10-sack guy in that defense. I once, uh, once again went with an unconventional pick here at 8. I, went, I took a guard in the top 10, which kind of goes against my own rules. Yep. But Quentin Nelson, to me, is a special player at guard. And when you watch the Colts, I don't want to see Andrew Luck hurt anymore. <laughs> right. And I want a sturdy offensive line. So I took Quentin Nelson, who I do think is the best interior offensive lineman Putting in him this next class. Putting Ryan Kelly. Now we're talking. And Jack Muhor at right guard is not bad. You start running the ball, you start protecting your quarterback. I think this would be I I would be a slam dunk for the reason that I feel safe making this pick and it fits a dire need. Yeah. I, you can't have your your franchise quarterback get hurt every single year. At some point you have to solve that. And if you don't do it in free agency, you have a chance here to do it in the draft. I love it. Yeah. It it
0: is unconventional, but it it fits for that team. It would be like Washington drafted Brandon Scherf at five. People are like, what are you doing? Well, he's probably gonna be an all-pro right guard, and and this is what we need. Yeah,
1: it so was him, him like or Leonard that. Williams for them. Yeah,
0: get a good football player. Uh, so nine, the team that beat the Colts last night, the Seattle Seahawks are sitting at two and two. So they're in the top ten. We both agree they need offensive line help badly. I, I went with Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame, who you had going to the Bengals.
1: At five. We flipped the Bengals pick. We did. So yeah. I took uh, I took Connor Williams here for the Seahawks. Get a good offensive tackle with a lot yeah. of upside. God, I can't watch the Seahawks offensive line anymore. It's just go get help, please. Yeah. Russell Wilson amazingly somehow makes it work at times. But also, to get back to that game, Malik Hooker looks very good. Yeah, he does. A that a player was that we both really liked. A very good pick by the Colts. So, yeah, we've, we've
0: talked about these guys. Let's move to pick number 10 and your
1: New York Jets. At number 10, the tanking the New York tenth Jets pick. The 10th pick. We expected them to be the first pick. Now, this is a tough situation for the Jets because once again, they fall out of the quarterback contention. Yeah, and that's the biggest need for them. But now, you can't you can't take Mason Rudolph here. Hell no. Hell no. And you can't take I love Baker Mayfield. You ain't taking no. him 10. I know fans ask that, so I have to get that off the top. You're not taking Baker Mayfield tenth overall. I would take Baker Mayfield in the third round. I would 10. think about it in the second just because he's got so much swag, but I'd probably get fired for it. Yep. So that's fine. Uh, (laughs) I took Harold Landry here because I have watched the Jets for, you know, most of my 25 years of existence. I think they've had one good edge player in that time, and that was John Abraham. I mean, like one actual real threat off the edge. They still don't have a pass rush now, but you need to get one to help out that really good secondary. So you take Harold Landry here, who's just dynamite off the edge. Yeah, the sky isn't falling here if this happens to the Jets because you can try to go out and sign a Tyrod Taylor if he if he sees the market. Yeah, or Ryan Tannehill. Or- you get in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. I'm not saying you're going to win it because we keep saying he's going to the Niners, but there's some options where this you know Tyrod's played really good ball this year. You go yeah, try to has. get a, a guy at his level of play. Now you have a pass rush with Landry. And you have a young ascending. At least there's progress. Yeah, here. and I think there's a, a myth out there that you have to have a top five quarterback.
0: So everybody's like, oh, he's not, he's not a top five quarterback. Here's an interesting one: the Bengals can cut Andy Dalton after this year. Oh, I don't know. That would,
1: I'm just saying that would kind of make me puke. And I'm, it's not fair because Dalton isn't as bad as people say he is. But there's just something about Andy Dalton in a Jets uniform that screams blooper real to me. I love Andy Dalton, so. I would be. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here for Andy Dalton. So my pick was Arden Key. Ryan Tannehill or Andy Dalton for Andy the Jets? Dalton. I agree. Yeah. Eh, I agree. I hate both of them. Both of <laughs> Not both of them. I hate both of them on the Jets. I'm so jaded. Anyways, Arden Key.
0: Yeah, great pass rusher from LSU. There are questions. He left the team in spring. Came back. Hurt his shoulder. Had surgery. Was a little slow to get on the field. When he is right, though... I haven't found like a great comp for him. You know, uh, sometimes I watch him and I think, man, he looks like Alden Smith did at Missouri. And if you can get that at pick ten, like you said, they've needed an edge rusher for so so long. Now you finally get that guy and someone who I think could be elite. So don't ri- don't rush a quarterback if you're picking at ten. Don't reach for an offensive tackle. Like, just take the best player available. That's that's who Arden Key would be for me at this point.
1: Uh, our buddy Daniel Jeremiah said he has some similarities as Jason Taylor. Oh, shit. Just to show where the scale is. We're not saying that he's there, but you want to show the the ceiling of Arden Key? I mean, DJ is one of the best. Yeah. And for him to throw something out like that, it means a lot. So that's
0: really how was. good Arden
1: Key can be. My gosh. And why he's a top Jason 10. Jason Taylor, that's actually kid. a really good one. They kind of have the same look and play style. Really It'd just be really nice if Key can put it all together. Uh, fun mock draft.
0: One and not going to be yeah. the last
1: one. We should probably get one in once a month.
0: Yeah, I would like that. And I we've talked a lot about we want to do these things where we like take over your team and build. Because that's my favorite thing. Yep. And I accidentally do it all the time where you're like, oh, I would take Saquon Barkley. And then I'm thinking like, oh, man, I could get him in the second round and then get this guy in the third. And, and then look how different this
1: team is. So If we picked fun. for your team, leave in your iTunes review this week why we either screwed up the pick, why you love the pick, yeah, grade or the pick. what your pick would have been, and with a grade. We'd love that, and you know we'll have to go through them uh, next week and say, hey, maybe we were wrong and maybe they were right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's ever-changing. That's what also makes it fun because
0: NFL teams win games and move up and down the order. And then also, you know, you get situations where guys in the college side move up and down. So yeah, we'll keep doing this. We know you guys love mock drafts and, and we actually really like doing them as well. So it's a blast. let's take one more break and we'll bring back, we'll be back We'll bring on our intern Kennedy to answer your draft on draft questions that you guys left on iTunes that you tweeted into us. So we'll be back right after this. All right, everybody, the moment you've all been waiting for the draft on draft segment. We have our kick ass intern Kennedy on to ask your questions that you leave on iTunes guys don't know that you can actually leave a review all the time and just ask your question because we're nerds about it and check it all the time or you can tweet at stick to football you can tweet at kennedy l kurtz she's our awesome intern and kick-ass volleyball player Kickass. are you how are you thank guys undefeated god. what's happening
2: yeah so we're 4-0 in conference right no now big deal. and then we play north dakota this thursday who's also 4-0
1: oh are you going but, to fargo uh
2: no thank god <laughs> we're not going to fargo yeah.
1: Yeah, hard pass on anything that has to do with the Dakotas. This time of year. No
2: offense, everyone.
0: It is brutal. Uh, Beautiful, though. So you have a lot of great questions for us this week. Yeah. I'm excited.
1: Richard Royal, definitely a familiar face in the section. He sends us a lot of good stuff. Yeah? Nice. Yeah.
2: Richard Royal kills it every single week. So uh, he asked, who is the best quarterback at throwing the ball across their body? He said both Russ and Dak did that this weekend. So what's your guys' take?
0: NFL or college? Because I got
1: one for both.
2: Uh, let's
1: do NFL Rogers. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll say Russ. I like that he put that Russ and Dak did that this weekend. Russ is on the run so much that he has to do it so often. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson is just so impressive with it. It's crazy how much arm talent he really has. And it doesn't get enough love because sometimes you think, you know, oh, he's, he's a mobile quarterback. But, you no, know, he is a top three to four arm in the NFL. And that's when it really shows up. So I'll go with Russ.
0: Yeah, I I like Russ. I like Dak. I think Rodgers just has that crazy athleticism to still like somehow square his shoulders, throw freakish. across his body, and complete. And he'll also throw it seventy yards down the field. And I was secretly taking pictures of you on Snapchat while you were
1: talking. So. Oh, love that! So, so go to Matt can- and You can see <laughs> yeah. me in repping my Jersey Shore hoodie today. Yeah, you look good, man. Thanks, brother. I'll send it to you. This next question, Kennedy, take it away. This one is low key infuriating, <laughs> okay, but.
2: Miles Jamison wants you to explain why Darnold isn't Hackenberg two point oh. Shit.
1: Says- Miles, great last name, <laughs> bad comparison here. All right, I, I mean, <laughs> listen, I just I want to get into it where Darnold is such a different player than Hackenberg. Yeah, whether it's accurate, the thing is with Hackenberg, that was the biggest thing in my notes when scouting him was that he was one of the worst third down quarterbacks I have ever seen because he can't handle pressure. He had the deer and headlights look, he was inaccurate, I think, and he had a huge arm. Darnold is the opposite where he doesn't have a huge arm, but he's so good on third downs, whether it's using his feet, whether it's using his vision, whether it's his accurate arm. I think he's way more clutch. Listen, don't overreact too much to this loss. I understand that. You're not sold on the hype as much, and the problem is with college quarterbacks, we hype them up too much too quickly, whether it's after one or two games. But they are such different players and such different caliber prospects. Hackenberg can't even get on the field in the NFL right now after what you know two. Obviously, he's been with the team for two years now. Darnold is probably going to be a week one starter when that time comes, and I think an adequate one. Yeah. So you nailed it because you're God, you're pissed about that. So
0: here's what I, I remember about Hackenberg. I've seen him consistently one hop. Wide receiver screens, like that's how bad his mechanics were, and he was so gun shy, like from being hit. I don't like. Yes, Darnold is regressing numbers wise this year, but I don't think he's regressing play wise. So, I, yeah, good question, Miles. Sorry, Connor yelled at you.
1: <laughs> no, I, 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 Miles, I don't mean to be hard on you. I just, I'm so tired of Hackenberg. So I have, I have, I'm triggered. Let's just say that. Connor's a snowflake. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, Jair Schmidt asked, who is the first player that comes to mind that proved your evaluation for better wrong? Ooh. We talked
0: about this one in the car going somewhere this weekend.
1: Yeah, on the way down to Rutgers. Um, I always use, I hate to give the same answers, but uh, prove me right, Marcus Peters it has been everything I thought he would be. Yeah. And just to give you some background, physical, tough corner, confident corner. Confidence with corners is just is everything. Yeah. And true number one corner. I'd say there's about maybe five of them in the NFL, a true shutdown corner. Now, for wrong, um I mean, there's obviously plenty. I think, you know, uh Hunter on the Vikings is the one I always say on here. Uh Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter because I didn't see it on the field at LSU, and I was like, man, I don't think he has a lot of fight in him. And now you put him in—this goes back to what we said about the energy around teammates. Yeah. The Vikings front is filled with so much talent and so much good energy players that he feeds off of that, man. and they're they're feisty. He has a different mindset with them, and he has always had the talent, but now it translates on the field. So that was a guy I was completely wrong about because it's hard to predict situations, and— Some guys just out, they prove you wrong. Mine that I always say is Russell Wilson, which is, you know, I've told this story.
0: I spent a week with him at the Combine and got to know him. And, you know, I had spent time with him at the Senior Bowl before that because I had a good connection to his quarterback coach. And they kept telling me, man, you got to get up on this kid, get up on this kid. And I just did not do it. And now those are the regrettable ones where you actually had the information to make the right evaluation and didn't do it because of height. That was the only thing that I was worried about. So on the one that like, I don't know. Michael Thomas receiver for the saints would maybe be one that I was really high on. He was my top receiver. He was ended up being like the fifth or sixth receiver drafted. And and now he's, I think he's one of the better receivers in the NFL right now. So that's probably the one I feel best about most recently. Anyway,
2: Shane Merriman asked if you're the dolphins and you have a top three pick, who would you draft?
0: We kind of went into this a little bit with the mock draft, but we had them picking seven. So it would be different if they have a top three pick, I would draft one of the quarter, big three quarterbacks. I think Josh Rosen would be fantastic with Adam Gase. So if he's on the board, that's who I pick. And, and we've mentioned before, Tannehill you can cut after this year.
1: Cutler looks like he's back to being an old Cutler and not giving a shit. So I would go quarterback. I, I would think about, obviously, Rosen or Darnold for me, I, I would put right there. And then I would really start to think about either getting some... I don't know if that's a little too high for Minka, but they do need safety help, I think, at some point. You know, you can't just... Rashad Jones will be getting up there and Minkus is kind of a difference maker. And I think Cameron Wake, he's been great, but he's getting older too. So I would think about Harold Landry. That's yeah, a that's a, it's a tough spot if they don't get, you know, one of my top two quarterbacks. But there is talent across the board to get better at places they need to.
2: Mentioning Cutler, can we talk about how he looks like he hasn't gotten sleep in about like 30 years? He looks
1: like he's been hanging out with us. Yeah, he, yeah seriously. Jay is back. in, in I wish Jay was in the, uh, was in the broadcast booth. Because I think he wishes he was in the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) He just would have been hilarious. He'd have been the anti Romo, and that's okay. So he wouldn't have tried to, you know, diagram plays and reads. He would just been like, he would just say whatever's on his mind. I think that's what's great about Cutler. Yeah. So, but boy, does he, he does not look into being on the football field.
2: Okay. Mike Spencer asked, where do you guys see Jalen Samuels from NC State?
1: Fullback talk. Yes.
0: I perked yeah. up when I heard that go. Like, oh, I I really like Jalen Samuels. Um, you know he's not he's not your traditional fullback. He's like two hundred twenty five pounds, I think. But man, I, you know, H back. He, he kind of is in that Charles Clay mold. So really, really good receiver, whether it's at the backfield or in the flex. You know, you could put him in that kind of in the slot. Um, quick, he's just a little undersized. So his role is going to be like unconventional but if you look at Charles Clay or Delaney Walker you kind of get an idea of who he could be but if I, gosh, if I remember right like he's caught like over 50 balls the last two years yeah but again he he's just I and mean, he's it's kind of a hard guy to fit because he's built like a running back but has the speed of a fullback or tight
1: end but great hands is he your guy in the 49ers Juzak Kyle Ooh, Juzak maybe because I mean, 50, 65 catches 2015, 55 catches 2016, already 43 in the young 2017 season. So Jesus. he's obviously wow. the production's there. I mean, they go to him all the time. Now, if, if he can, if he can find a role that like Juzak has on the Niners, then there's a lot of value there. That's a great question. I like yes. when people ask about players like that that get overlooked often. And we are so pro fullback here, always. That
0: that makes it like fullbacks and long snappers, really. What you we're you guys about. love it.
2: Your- you love your fullbacks. We really do. Ed Elfman asked, who are the best non-FBS NFL prospects?
1: Is Josh Allen? No, he's FBS. That's a tough question. This one's tough, but I do have somebody that I will say, I think Devonte Kincaid, the quarterback on Grambling, um, he transferred from Ole Miss. I would say he is the best prospect to me in the FCS. Good arm, great athleticism, uh, great dude. We're definitely going to have him on the podcast at some point And, Grambling doesn't seem to, I don't know, man. They, just, they don't lose when he's on the field. So he's been really good, and he's going to be an exciting guy to watch down the stretch. That's yeah. always a tough question, though, because those guys always come out late thanks to the combine testing or, right. you know, thanks to what you're hearing from scouts. But, yeah, I would go with Kincaid. I'm trying to think of a good one. Larry Allen Jr., the guard from
0: Harvard. did he count? Uh, no, I'm joke, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, Trying to th- uh, let me sort my list. I know this is fantastic radio. Oh, Brandon Parker, the tackle from North Carolina AT. That's the guy that I have. He is right now the highest non FBS player on my board. You used to block for Tariq Cohen, right? So he's like, any again, super super deep sleeper. Someone to keep an eye on. But he is he's an athlete too. You know, six six three hundred pounds moves well. So as far as non FBS goes, that's someone to, to watch. Deep sleepy for you right there. Yep.
2: <laughs> okay, Sylvester Valderrama. Asked, which one is worse, box score or highlight scouting?
0: Oh, I think highlight because you only see the good. If you look at a box score, like you can actually see some bad sometimes. You don't get the context of what happened with it. But when you highlight scout, you only see the good. So you could watch a Vernon Adams highlight and think this is the best quarterback in the draft.
1: <laughs> Not there's that anyone layer, would do that. There's layers to that that line right there,
0: people. I've been upset for like five <laughs> days, so I just had to get that off my chest. I love that. So, yeah, I didn't yeah, highlight. Vernon Adams
1: highlight place. tape. You
2: All can right. make a terrible guy look good through a highlight.
1: Yeah, a box score can lead you places. I, I won't even lie. Like, there's times I do a lot of uh, a lot of the video here at Bleacher Report to get us ready for the draft, and there's times where if we're cutting a highlight package or a highlight and low light package together. The box score can take you places at least. It's not it's not a one direction kind of thing. So that's a really great question. Uh, you know, both could be bad, but at least you can get somewhere from the box score, I think. I this just flashed in my memory.
0: I have no idea why, because I'm I've had too many concussions. Uh there's a tight end <laughs> at North Dakota State who's actually really good. That would be my top non FCS player. His first name's Dallas. Uh, great name. So yeah, that's the one. So that's what happens that's when you're the old. For
1: the, wait for the Cowboys to take him. That's a really oh, good joke. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, all right, Kennedy. Get us away okay. from that awful joke.
2: <laughs> Last question of the day is from Anthony Mangaluso, our guy. O line always has always brings it for the Giants in the upcoming draft. There's uh, so much on the line.
1: Pray you're bad enough to get a quarterback at the top. Don't win five or six games and take yourself out of no man's land. But O line's a good insurance plan. I always say you can, if you really want to, you can go get offensive line and free agency. The Rams yeah. did it this year. Teams do it. Just because Jerry yeah. Reese, it, you know, fucked it up and didn't do it, doesn't mean that you. It's not. You know, you're not going to get a franchise quarterback all the time in free agency. Right. Now, if you're if
0: you're in the top three and there's a quarterback there, you have to take them. But like you said, Jerry Reese has to get over himself a little bit and stop saying, "Oh, you don't draft this high. Or you don't draft this high." Or let's take a third round tackle with a top ten pick. Or let's tell everyone in the fucking NFL we want Leonard Floyd so
1: that the Bears trade one spot ahead of us to get him. And Jack Conklin,
0: and Jack Jesus,
1: Christ. they missed. Those were their top two targets in that draft, yeah. and everyone and their mother knew knew it. Like it, like fans knew it. Yeah, and it's everyone was like, "Okay, we'll jump the Giants, grab those guys," and so, you are left with Eli Apple. I like Eli.
0: just not in the top ten, no. So to answer Anthony, who's it, he is one of our best listeners. We love the guy. I, I think you always you want a quarterback if you are drafting in the top three. You obviously can't reach. So if if you don't like Josh Allen and Rosan Darnold are gone, I think that's where you can look at okay, do we try to trade back four spots and still get a Connor Williams or Mike McGlinchey? Uh, or do we just go best player available and take Saquon Barkley and like Connor said, try to pick up, you know, a free agent offensive tackle because Liz Eric Flowers, I know people said, Well, oh, could he play right tackle? Could he play guard? No. He can't do it. He can't be on the field. I think he's ruined. So just get him off the
1: field. Yeah, just take six foot seven Mike McGlinchey and put five foot nine Baker Mayfield behind him. Let's have a party. <laughs> New go. York Giants. Hey, hey, the Giants are going for your
2: number one spot, Connor.
1: Oh, yeah, the tank is it's derailed right now. The Jets got a nice meeting with a ripe meeting with Cleveland next week, so the tank is officially off the tracks. But oh, first pick bowl next week. All right, thank you,
0: Kennedy. You are awesome as always. Yeah. Good luck against North Dakota. Thank hopefully you. you. Hopefully, you get to five and zero. Oh. So that was our show this week. A little bit, not maybe not longer. It felt a little longer.
1: Maybe it's because I'm sitting beside you. Yeah. Well, we had no guests this week. We were uh, very selfish and just let our, you know, let us do all the talking. But yeah. next, get, yeah. next
0: week we should have Chris Harris Jr., the corner for the Denver Broncos. I think we have locked that up uh, as far as yeah, getting him. Booked. Um You know, we've talked to a lot of players about coming on, trying to get those. One thing you guys you actually can do is tweet us if you're like, hey, we'd love to have this guy on the show, and we'll do our best to make it happen. You know, teams in season kind of lock guys down a little bit, so we you know we try to either go around that or work with the teams. Uh, but good show today, man. The mock draft was fun, and we will
1: try to you know last year we actually did a full first round mock. So oh, we're, we'll, we're eventually we'll, gonna have to get we'll there. bring Nelson back to, uh, to moderate. To, yeah, to moderate. Yeah, because you know things get a little out of control and. If you ever need a place to be calm, cool, and collected, you bring on Steven Nelson. That's true. Just keeping it real. One of these days, we're going to have like a player disagreement and it's just going to get heated and Nelson's
0: going to be here. Break it up. That'll never happen. But (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us for another week. Uh, Episode 26 is in the books. And like Connor said, don't forget you can leave your grade of our mock draft in your iTunes review. And also, if you download the Bleach Report app, which is free, you can listen to the podcast right in the app. And you, you know, you can like close the app and go do. You know, you could be swiping on Tinder or Snapchatting pictures of Connor mid-show and still listen
1: to the to podcast the in the app.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is great. It's great for me on Saturdays because there's so much going on. So those alerts that we get are invaluable. Yeah,
1: it's the app is very impressive. So if you if you are somebody that doesn't use iTunes and you want to keep asking us, hey, you know, I really want to listen to the yep. pod, just get the app. It'll solve all your problems. I tweet out a link of Bleacher Report that has it, too. You can stream it from your computer at work. Whatever you guys want to do, but keep sending us questions to the account at Stick to Football on Twitter. We have a Facebook stick to football pod. Hopefully we'll have an Instagram soon. We start getting more scouting trips in the books. Yep. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We will catch you guys next week for episode 27.